Parents and guardians, it's time once again for the Fearless Parenting Show. Well, 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 welcome back to another episode of Fearlessly Parenting. Moms, dads, parents, guardians, I am truly excited to share this episode with you. Though I recently had the distinct privilege of being a guest on Aaron Healy's Beyond Risk and Back podcast show. Aaron has had over 20 years of working with parents of teens that struggle in recovery from trauma, anxiety, depression, mental health struggles, self-harm, drugs, technological abuse, trafficking, and suicide attempts. His residential program has had the highest success rate in the United States. And Aaron is also a parenting coach for parents of kids at risk, a teen addiction interventionalist. He facilitates powerful parenting events and is a happily married husband and father of two young adults. He is an internationally known speaker and is both the founder and president of Fire Mountain Programs. Since 2004, he's run kids' camps, teens' camps, and family programming. In 2009, he and his wife, Christine, opened a residential mental health and dependency recovery treatment center for teens 12 through 17 in Colorado. Fire Mountain Residential Treatment Center was, in 2019, named one of the top 50 healthcare providers in the United States, and in 2020, was named one of the top 100 Innovators in Healthcare. Now, you can find Aaron on Facebook at Parenting Teens That Struggle, where you'll get a ton of information and advice from him. And I'm also going to put that information in the podcast description for you. So without further ado, on with the show. You know, when things are going good, I think it's easy to feel love, to find love, to share love, to spread love. Um, and this past year and a half, it's been hard to feel like things are going good. And 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 there's an interesting dichotomy that takes place when someone talk comes to you during this pandemic, during you know the struggles that they're having with their family, with their teenagers, and start and starts to vent, starts to talk about their experiences of the last year. And you think, we think that a way to make things better is to say everybody in the world is dealing with it. And that's true that everybody in the world is dealing with it, but it can also really negate the individual's feelings about what they're going through. And everybody's feeling the darkness. Nobody feels safe. Nobody feels like the 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 country that they live in is getting together on issues. It feels more more divisive than ever. And then on top of that, you've got this kid. You've got this teenager that's blown sideways. They're not going to school. The suicide, the depression, the anxiety, the drug use, the video games, the self-harm, whatever it is you're dealing with. Let's, Let's make a bold statement. How in all this darkness do you find the light? How do you find the love? Let's talk about God and recovery in the home. Let's talk about God when your teenager is struggling. Let's talk about leadership with spiritual foundations. 
My guest today is Stan Lewis. Uh, Stan has been a, a an investigator. He's been a, a school resource officer. He has served our country in the military, and he's a parent coach. He's a leadership and a parenting coach that helps families just reestablish the foundations of their home. And as he and I were talking offline, I said, let's really ask the hard questions about with so much suffering in our home, how in these moments do we find our leadership through our spiritual path? Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. I'm your host, Aaron Huey. Thank you for joining me again. Thank you for listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing, and leaving a review for Beyond Risk and Back. It really does help parents find this show, and parents need support. Let's give him Stan Lewis's support. Stan, thank you so much for being on the show, sir. And as I said before we got on the air, thank you for your service to our country. Well, it's my honor to serve, Aaron. And I appreciate the uh, opportunity to be on your show. Well, absolutely. The show is, uh, we, we need to address every side of the struggle. And I, and I have to say, when you and I began to connect uh, uh, but through email on Podmatch and and really begin to connect with each other and read each other's bios and things like that, it just dawned on me that when I say recovery is expensive, mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, and spiritually, and that prevention is cheap, spirituality, the the leadership that comes through a spiritual connection, uh in prevention is cheap and it's a foundation point in my life. It's a foundation point in your life. And I believe it's a foundation point in a lot of my listeners life. And if you're a listener and you're an atheist, welcome to the show. Let's just talk about being connected to something that's bigger than you, whether it's science, whether it's God, whether it's goddess, whether it goes by a particular name and has a particular aspect of human nature that you can connect with, whether it's a tree, let's talk about our spiritual side when our children are struggling. And Stan, I want to know, how'd you end up where you are? How did you end up being a parent coach and a, and a, a family value support leader? What happened to you that, that got you to understand that this is your work? This is your path. Give us the 411 on Stan. Well, I appreciate that, Aaron. You know, Aaron, when uh, I graduated from high school, I came from a Christian home and uh, went off to college and, you know, sort of walked away from my my foundation. Uh, I know right now gaming is a big, big thing, and sometimes people get lost in that. I got lost off in Dungeons and Dragons and drinking and things of that nature, and my priorities were all askew. Sure. And it's not that my parents didn't do a good job. It's not that they didn't set good foundations. As a matter of fact, they did. It's not that they didn't provide me with good peers. They did. But I'm going to tell you, Aaron, because they did that, and I want to give the parents out there some hope, I came back to my roots. Yeah. I got far enough away from the light and said, you know what? This is not a good thing. This is not a good thing. And I started coming back toward the light. Uh, you know, I eventually became a naval officer, uh, left the Navy, came back home to be a cop, and went into the schools as a school resource officer, uh, became a role ranger leader. Role rangers, you kind of think of it like uh, Christian scouting, but it's much, much more than that. It's mentorship 
it's empowering as well as evangelizing and uplifting young men and boys to become the best version of themselves. And so how long have you been working with the parents themselves? Because one of the things we talked about off the air that you and I absolutely agree on is the work that parents need to do when the child is struggling. And so, so at what point did you turn your work from the mentorship of, of kids, which I'm assuming you still do when you can, um, to this work of sitting with a family and saying, here's what you're missing. Here's what we got to bring back into play. Well, I'm going to tell you, brother, I've been doing uh, officially uh, calling myself here a coach, parenting coach for a couple of years. But when I look back on my Royal Ranger ministry, which is still going on today, I was doing coaching sure. even back then with sure. the moms and, and, and sons. Uh, I, I can think of uh, one young man, the mother just came to me in tears and she just said, I- I'm losing him. He's getting in with a bad crowd. Uh, he's walking out of the house. He's doing this, you know, just a whole laundry list. And uh, basically what that young man needed is, you know, is somebody to speak into his life. And that's what the mom was asking me to do. And uh, in talking to the young man, he had all the answers, you know, as a coach, we're not telling people what they need to do. The answers right. are inside of them. It's right. drawing it out. And once you draw it out of them, then they, they'll own it. Yeah. But if it's you telling them, you need to do this, this, and this, you're just basically giving them a shopping list. You need to draw out of them what it is that they need to do. And the second thing that you need to do Uh, Since I'm starting preaching here in a little bit, second thing that you need to do is you need to talk to your child in the way they're meant to be talked to. You know, I'm a D personality. I'm a dominant personality. Thank God that only 3% of the world are Ds. I'm talking about the disc personality. Ds are dominant. Is are the happy-go-lucky, love to talk to everybody. S rock a Gibraltar type people and see the <laughs> analytical. Hey, I got one of each of those in my house. Oh. So if I go to my daughter and I'm trying to give her a bullet pointed list, cause that's the way I take things. Yeah. And, hey, just give me the facts. Like Sergeant Friday, uh, many, many years ago for you younger people, just you the facts, know, ma'am, just the facts, ma'am. And, but you know, I can't talk to my daughter like that. If I don't talk to my daughter, she was a full fledged, conversation so if i'm gonna explain stuff to her i need to step out of my comfort zone and step into hers and discuss with her same thing with my son uh, he's high functioning autistic i have to step into his my wife in the way i talk to her she's an s uh security safety is very important to her and uh when i became a maxwell parenting coach and got certified as behavioral consultant I realized that I was not speaking to my children and my wife in the way that they needed to be spoken to. And I made a change and I went back and apologized to uh, each of them for the years that I had not talked to them in the way they needed to be talked to. And so parents, I don't care if they're elementary, junior high, high school, it's not too late to start talking to them 
in the way that they need to be understood. And what I try to do with my parents and kids, I have to take a disc so I know who I'm dealing with because I'm not doing any good if I don't talk to them in the language that they need to be talked to and, and then work with them that way. Uh, but communication is nothing without connecting. You know, you're, you're, you've hit immediately on two of the most important and effective leadership skills. The first one, uh, you know, the, the first one being when you, when you were talking about, uh, the, this idea of truly embracing the experience with the kids through communication. Uh, I, I know the disc platform, the disc personality type of thing, D I S C. I just did a show with the woman who's taken that model and, and attributed animals to it. So you're calling a kid a porpoise or a wolf or a St. Bernard, or, you know, depending on, on the type of thing. And, and that's a, you stepping aside us realizing that everybody has ways of solving problems and being flexible enough to communicate with our children, our spouses, our parenting partners, the teachers, anybody in a way that they communicate. It truly is the connection before correction, the alliance before compliance. If you want to change the paradigm, you've got to get into the flow of the paradigm and then maneuver it from the inside. You know, you can't change change the flow of the river by screaming at the river in a voice the river doesn't understand. You actually have to start putting rocks in the river so that the water hits the shore different, right? And that's the river's strategy, not our feelings and attitude. So I, I, I absolutely love that. Oh, well, well, thank you for that. You know, it, again, connecting is so critical and you don't have to be perfect at it. A lot of problems that people have, parents have is, well, I'm not perfect. Uh, I'm not capable. Uh, I, I don't have the skill set. Uh, they use a lot of if statements. Yeah. And because this is this way or because my parents did this, I, I'm not able I to can't. do this. Yeah. That limiting words, all right? You and I talked earlier about fixing parents. And don't, hey, parents, don't get me wrong. <laughs> both of us here talking here on this podcast, we, we both have to undergo a little bit of fixing ourselves. Absolutely. Because we're not perfect. Uh, but, you know, you have to delve off into that and, and, and know that you don't have to be a perfect parent to parent your child. I'm a firm believer that if God gave you that child, within you are the abilities to take care of that child. You just got to step out of your limiting beliefs. And sometimes, Aaron, that means going to get a little, little help. And you also talked about something in the, in this where you where you apologize to your children. That has consistently been one of my most powerful connecting points with my kids. I got a 25 and a 26 year old now, but when my daughter was 18 and we started button heads a lot, uh, I came down, I sat down on her bed and I said, 
I don't know what I'm doing. I, I know how to parent teens, but all of a sudden you've entered adulthood and I don't know what I'm doing. And so I'm going to screw this up and I apologize. I apologize <laughs> for the things I've done wrong. And then I, <laughs> yeah. And, and then I repeated that apology, not three months ago where I said, you're 26 years old now. I have no idea how to create an adult relationship with my daughter. So A, I apologize for continuing to try to parent you like a teen. And, um, and B, you got to meet me halfway. You got to co-create this relationship with me. Otherwise, you're going to leave this to me. I'm going to mess it up and then you're going to blame me. And I don't want that. I want a different relationship than blame. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yes, you, you, you've got to do that, brother. Uh, I'm not perfect, and I want my children to know that I'm not perfect. Matter of fact, my daughter, she's, she's uh, 22 now, and I told her, it's not if your daddy's going to make a mistake. <laughs> it's not if your daddy's going to say something or do something that's going to upset you. It's when, when. I'm going to do it, yeah. okay? Because I'm not perfect, and, and, and sweetheart, Daddy needs for you to understand that I'm not perfect I'm, and, and I'm going to make mistakes. And I want you to know, because I know that I'm your chief role model as a man, that whoever you find to enter your life, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to mess up. And you just kind of have to go through it. And I love what you said, you know, hey, at this stage, I, I don't know what to do, what step I'll take off with the teenage. And parents, it's like that. You you get your first child, and then the second one comes, and guess what? When that second one goes through that issue, it's going to be different. I remember when uh, I, I wrote my why statement. And for those of you that haven't done this, <clears throat> mom and dad, if you don't know who you're for and why you're for it, you're going to falter. So what I did is I wrote a statement and said, hey, why is family important to me? And then I asked, okay, why is what I just wrote important? And I did that seven times to where I got down to there was something I realized when my daughter, came, when my son came along first, I didn't know I could love like that. When I married my wife, I didn't know I could love like that. When my daughter was born, I didn't know I could love like that. And no love is any important than the other ones. But as they were going up, growing up and going to school, each of them were different. We had to parent differently on them. And guess what? We made mistakes. And sometimes, you got, again, you got to go back to your child and say, okay, daddy messed up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I went left when I should have went right. But by being vulnerable enough, not weak. Yeah. Actually being strong enough. Let's take that word vulnerable pitch to the side. Being strong enough to step up and say, you know what? I didn't do this the way that it needed to be done to uh you're moving in strength and power. You're intentionally making a connection with your child, talking about what you did and here's what I learned from it, and I don't want you to repeat the same mistake. And you you talked about some of the hard times that some of your uh, kids and teens and parents are going through. Uh, they're crawling out of the windows, going to do stuff with who knows wherever. 
Uh, I remember being a school resource officer coming across a journal of a junior high girl. Yeah. And the stuff she was, that this this is before sexting with uh, telephones and stuff. The stuff she wrote in this journal, I, it just blew my mind. And the parents had no idea. Right. And, and they 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 freaked out over it. But when it happens, it, it's happened. It's what you're gonna do from that point forward, Aaron. And and from that point forward, you've got to be there for them. One of the one of the things moving back to something you said much earlier, because I love this conversation about humility, where we are we are able to say, "Look, kids, today is a day I have never done before." I know it feels the same yesterday, but it's not because I've never had two kids, three kids, one kid this far along. I've never done this before. You can break it down to recognize that every day is actually a new day. And the fear of these days leading your child, your family worse and worse and worse. Parents then turn around in, in humility to ask for help, to get support to people like you, to people like me, to shows like ours, uh, to, to ministers, to coaches, to anybody. And a good coach a good minister is going to not give a step-by-step instructions on, okay, here's what you say. First you say this, first you say that, because you're right. A good leader is going to pull it out from them. It's about the context, how you say what you're going to say. Because if you say it with your anger, with your fatigue, with your fear, with your stress, it doesn't matter if you say, I love you, or I can't stand what you're doing, you're making bad choices. It will come out wrong. But if you say either of those statements really from a healthy parenting space because you've taken care of yourself it's even the bad stuff even when you say give me your phone versus give me your phone it's the same words it's the context of the words that really matter and that's what the coach does is that you and i learn how to pull out the best even if the idea doesn't work because humility would then dictate you come back and say yeah i should have gone left i went right I jogged right. I should have jogged left. I apologize. Here's your phone back. I'd like a redo. And you're modeling really good behavior. Now, at the very beginning of the show, Stan, you talked about something that I have mentioned a few times that I want to start to break into. We return to value systems. No matter how far we stray, we return to value systems. And I find myself as a 52-year-old man being very much like my parents. Now, I had a biological father I've never met. I was raised by a good daddy. And oh, no way, no way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Biological father here, never met. Never met. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a, I'm a bonus parent to a son who has a father. So I play that, that uh, what do you call it? I play the backfield daddy to, to my son. Um, and my wife plays the backfield mommy to my daughter and we're so, so we're a mixed family where we, we brought our own kids to the table. Um, and I was raised by a man, uh, who wasn't my father, but dang, did he do good work. And when I started to blow sideways and act 
like a fool and make those risky decisions and hang out with the people who my parents were very careful to never say, I don't like those people you're hanging out with. They're bad people because they didn't want other parents, other adults to talk about me like that. And so they never talked about other children like that. And, and that's, that's a, that's a big warning sign, but let's talk about the foundations. And I want to say out of the gate, the foundations of leadership and spirituality. What does God have to do with leadership in your mind? Well, to me, the ultimate, ultimate leader is Christ. And what did Christ do? Christ didn't just go hang out with all the cool Pharisees and Sadducees. He went where people were hurting. Yeah. Hey, he, he, he hung out with the tax collectors, which at that time, those were the super heathens of the Jewish community, sure, community sure. and thieves and derelicts, and what the world calls sinners. That's who Christ went and hung out with because he wanted to help them heal, to help them get back on the right path. And look what he did in conversating with people. He would he would tell them stories and, and talk to them about what they they needed needed to do and asking them questions. And people would come to realize, you know what? I'm not walking the path. I was taught better than this. And, and they come back and they find their way. You know, that's what I did. I, I mean, I got there out there in the world and the world definitely wasn't for me. But what I was given as a child, my foundation and stuff, my parents were for me. I had a Royal Ranger leader that was for me. And I saw there was a difference between where I was, uh, uh, where I was then and, and where I was as a child. And I wanted that back. So parents, even if your child is a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, it's not too late to show them what they're for and to lay a foundation for them that they can come back to. Stan and I were talking about this idea of context versus content, that there are lots of coaching programs out there that are going to tell you what to do. And the frustration when that happens is that when you try those tactics that are supposedly supposed to work and they don't work with your situation, um, we want to say, well, that program doesn't work. And the difference between a good coach and a coach is when a good coach teaches you about context about self-care in such a way that you begin to strengthen your body and your value system. Not to lecture it, not to tell your child what they're supposed to do differently, but that you begin to model based on your values and the context of your parenting begins to reflect your value system. Your consequences begin to reflect your value system. The importance of that is when you find a coach or a coach that's helping you reinforce what it is you believe. Because the coach isn't here to change the quarterback and make him throw the ball differently. The coach is here to inspire the quarterback to throw the ball the way they throw the ball and do it even better. To that end, the Brab app, B-R-A-B-A-P-P.com, BrabApp.com. That's my coaching program. And it's 56 sessions 
for parents. And it's extremely affordable because I don't believe that you should choose between your healthcare and the, the support you need for your family and you having fun or being financially free or pursuing financial freedom. You can do both. And that's why I've made my app as cheap as it is because I want every parent to have this. I want a level playing field of parenting. Go to brabapp.com. Take the quiz. You'll find out if you need the red, the yellow, or the green course. Red is beyond risk. Yellow is at risk. And green is things are good, but we know they could be great. What do we need to do differently as parents? Now, you get all three of those courses for that one price because wherever your family is, I know you're going to go on a journey together, especially as you as a parent start making changes. Go to brabapp.com, take the quiz, download the app. It's everything I have taught parents in the last 20 years based on all the experts I've ever interviewed and met with, experts like Stan. Let's get back to Stan and let's talk about the foundation of our values and how we bring spirituality into our parenting, not to enforce on our children, but to create a context based on our values so that when we parent, we're parenting from our own truth and light. So Stan, how do we as parents, when things are so bad, our kids on a multiple suicide attempt, they're on a, a third or fourth OD, uh, we've, we've tried, we've consequenced, the police are involved, the school has said we are no longer willing to be involved, and no consequence seems to matter, no, no parenting tactic seems to matter. This kid is truly an addict or struggling with mental health so badly that... I'm, I am at such a loss on what to do. And now I'm listening to a podcast where these two men who are aerodynamic in hair and say, and say, you got to bring God into it. And how is that going to matter? How's that going to make any difference whatsoever? If in fact, and I want to throw out the existential question, if God is the creator and has created this scenario, why should I bring him in to fix it? Why should I bring her back to say, I got you when I feel like they've failed me to begin with? Well, you know, Aaron, we all have the freedom to make choices. I know I would want to serve a God who uh, dictated everything I, I had to do or, or, or not do. He gives us the freedom to follow him or not. It's our choice. And when you have choices and people are human, uh, they're going to make some bad ones, okay? Right. They're going to make some bad choices. Right. And those bad choices they make affect other people. So it's not that God doesn't love you, not that God doesn't care. It's not that God's not properly overseeing a, a fallen world. It's just that the world is fallen. And, and going back to setting a, a foundation, you got to realize, mom, dad, guardians, your child didn't get this way overnight. And chances are it's not going to be fixed overnight. So you come in and you may not have really let them know that you're for them and that you are, they are your why. You just start showing them and you, ch you change your behavior, mom and dad, um, say, hey, I'm just going to, I'm for you. I'm here for you. 
You're important. I do care for you because your child may have to hit rock bottom before they turn around and look up and, and change and go a different direction. Now, not all children will fall that far. You know, those who get off the path, not all of them will fall that far. Some some of them will get do like I did. You get off a little ways. It, it's really uncomfortable. And, and you come back. I mean, I used to drink, and then, you know, I, I put all that aside. I put all that aside even before I got out of the Navy because I knew that, that was taking me in the wrong direction. I wanted to make up my mind what I wanted to do, not let drink <laughs> influence my mind as to what I was doing. But when I came back, <laughs> my parents you know, like the prodigal son. Now, again, I don't think I was that bad, but I had my faults. But parents, if you got that prodigal out there, uh, you just have got to be prepared for when they come back home without judging them because, see, Christ is going to forgive them. Now, I'm not telling you to forget or, or be foolish in your decisions but they got to know when they do, when that prodigal comes home, that you unconditionally love them as Christ unconditionally loves you. And, and that's that's where I'm coming from on this. You know, I remember my uh, one of my sisters came to me. She said, "Stan, I'm losing my I'm losing my son. He's hanging out with a bad crowd and everything." She's a single mom, and she comes to me and said. You're a cop. You got to help me. I I had no clue, Eric. <laughs> no no clue. But to remember what my dad would do. See, my dad would show up at school. Sometimes I see him. Sometimes I wouldn't. And so I would show up, and I leave notes for him with his principal. Principal called to the office to say, "Hey, by the way, your uncle was here looking out for you because he cares." Wow. Or he would call me and say, Uncle, I saw you at school today. I said, yep, I was watching over you, not to catch what you were doing wrong, but to catch you doing right. And I saw you working hard in school today. Really appreciate the effort that you're putting in. See, too often, parents, we, we, try, to, <laughs> we try to catch our kids. We usually try to catch them doing wrong. You get more of what you praise than what you criticize, Okay. So start there, start small. Look for those opportunities with that little one, middle school teenager, that that what they do, and then use that to put a crack in the dam and you just keep speaking into their life. It doesn't mean that you don't hold them accountable. It doesn't mean that they're not consequences, negative consequences for negative actions, but you make sure that you do so in love and not in anger. At the end of my addiction, the day before uh, I traded a life of, of pain and sadness for a life of hope and unconditional love, all I had left, because I feel like I had tried everything but recovery, right? I, I, I remember making a deal with God. You know, I will only use on weekends. I will not use when my daughter's around. 12 promises I made and broke within 24 hours. And that's the life of an addict is that, is that you, you, you've not promised your parents. You've not promised your kids. You've promised 
God, this thing that I held, this being, this, this energy that I held in the utmost highest respect and regard, I had broken 12 promises in 24 hours. And I knew it was hopeless after that. Cause if I couldn't keep a promise to God, how was I going to keep a promise to my daughter, to my parents? All I had left on the day, on March 20th, 1990, May 20th, 1998, all I had left was to hit my knees and say, it's stronger than me. I, I, I am not strong enough to beat this. Drugs won. But I'm hearing you. You, you are stronger than drugs. So you have to make me quit. And yes. that's where the miracle came from, was that the next day, the things that happened in that 24-hour period, the experience of love in that 24-hour period is the reason why today, 23 years later, I still have not used. But I had to be so humble, not just to admit my mistakes to my daughter, oh, that is so good. but to say, I can't do this. And I think as parents, sometimes we feel like our kids are hurting so bad and we've tried everything. All you have left is to ask for a miracle. So Stan, how come we don't, how come we don't start there? Why do because, we wait? Because we think that we have all the answers. And, and we, and sometimes we lose our trust. Uh, we don't trust ourselves, you know, how, how are we going to trust God? We don't trust ourselves to do the right thing, because if we did, we would stop doing the negative things that we do. But I love what you said there. You, you have to get to a point, and everybody has to do it in their own way, of, of taking all that hurt or the situation that they face and taking and setting the whole thing down in front of God and say, you know what? God, I don't know how to fix it. God, I, I don't know what to do, what to say, how to go about it. I'm giving it all to you. I'm not giving 85% to you. I'm not giving 90% to you. I'm laying the whole thing down and telling you, God, I'm in. I, I, I don't have it within me, but you are greater than my, my, myself. And so, you know, the the, the the word says, you know, if, if I care about the birds in the field to take care of them and the uh, flowers in the field, how much more do I love and care about you? And you just have to act on faith and put the whole thing in front of them. And I know whenever I've done this, Aaron, and I can only speak for myself, no matter what the situation, no matter what the trial, tribulation was, once I set it there and step back from it and let him take care of it and open myself up, I would answers would start coming to me. You know, uh, I, I was a cop. I hurt my back. I had to change my, my whole lifestyle. Didn't know what I was going to do. I was off work for two and a half years. And I just remember just crying out to him, big, huge alligator tears, just railing out of God. Why, why, why my circumstance? And then at the end of that, I said, you know what? Here, take this. 
have me do what you want me to do. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to leave the whole thing. I'm putting our finances in your hands, God. I'm going to follow your word on our finances. And he made a way. And he made it in such a way, Aaron, that when I look back on it, I would have never made the decisions or done the things that God <laughs> did in my life. Okay, I never would have done that. But he uniquely constructed it for me. And that's what we got to do. It, we we got to operate in faith. You weren't, <laughs> you know that you're not, you're not handling it the way that you should, but God can, and he can use you and the gifts that he put inside of you to handle any situation. Stan, how do parents find you? How, how are they going to connect with you? Give them, give them all the ways to reach out to you and, and hold your hand through this struggle. Well, there are several different ways. One, you can simply email me at S. Lewis, L-E-W-I-S, at inwardjourney.com. And that's inward without an I. Okay, so S. Lewis at inwardjourney.com. You can find me on Facebook, uh, Fearless Parody, or Inward Journey. Either way, you can come there. You can leave me comments. You can message, message me on Facebook either way, or you can go to my webpage, uh, inwardjourney.com. And again, that's without a die. I like bringing spiritual pen pals into my life and begin to satellite around other people's planets because I feel energized and rejuvenated by conversations like that. Whether it's about mental health science and new discoveries about depression or about God coming back into the home when it's recovery time. Whatever it takes, whatever you've got to do to help your kids do that. Try everything before you're done. And trust. Trust that they're going to return to the value system that you set if it's a good value system. So that means you got to do your self-reflection work about, about your values. I want to thank Stan Lewis for his work, for his service, and for being a guest on the show. Please reach out to him. I want to thank Your Cause Consulting for making sure that this show gets in front of all the right parents who need this help and support. And I want to thank Deepin Productions for the music and for the editing and production of this show. Parents, go to brabapp.com to get the support you need through an app. You can also go to Parenting Teens That Struggle, my free Facebook group that I moderate. And you can reach out to 1,400 other parents there. And as always, parents, take care of yourselves first, your adult relationship second, and your children third. Because that's how you're going to do your best work with your children. I'll see you next time on Beyond Risk and Back. Okay, wow. Now you can see why I was so excited to bring you this episode of where Aaron had interviewed me on his podcast. And I'm going to have links to his podcast and to some of the services that Aaron provides, as well as links to where you can find other episodes of Fearlessly Parody Podcast, as well as my parody book, Fearlessly Parody which I advise you to take a look at. It's going to help you out. It's under $35 and in it, you're going to find a lot of good information 
that's going to help you to be able to fearlessly parent your child or teen in your household. So I ask you to check that out as well. And I want to challenge you, as I always do, moms and dads, to go forth and fearlessly parent. God bless.